You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Welcome to Why I'll Never Make It, a lighthearted podcast that takes a revealing look at a career in the entertainment industry, featuring stories and interviews with those on stage and backstage, on screen and behind the scenes. I'm Patrick Oliver Jones, and this is Why I'll Never Make It. Well, hello and welcome. I certainly hope that you are keeping warm out there. Winter has decided to finally come. Here in New York, it was almost like winter was just going to be in the background. Might have dipped into some 30s and 40s here and there, but we certainly weren't getting any cold weather. And now, now we're heading into the single digits. So winter has finally decided to make an appearance and let itself be known. So I certainly hope you're keeping warm. And today's episode is actually my first interview episode of the year. And with the new year, I decided to take a new format to these interviews. Before, it was me talking for a bit about why I'll never make it, why I'm still here, and then we would get into the interview and talk about their career, their lives. But I've decided to incorporate now the guests into those first two questions and add a third question. So going forward, interviews now are going to include these three questions or three segments, and the first of which is, what does it mean to make it. And I think that that's going to be different to each and every guest, and it's certainly different to each and every one of you who are listening. And then we'll get to the questions of why I'll never make it, what holds you back, and then finally, what keeps you going? What is it that really sparks that passion and persistence in you to keep going in this career? And so those three questions are going to be the outline and kind of be the format for which we conduct these interviews. And for my first interview episode, I'm interviewing a good friend of mine, Tovey Wayne, and I've actually known him for 12 years since he was a wee little thing in Modesto, California. Back then, I was hired as a guest artist, the only equity performer actually in the show Beauty and the Beast. I was playing Gaston, and so I was brought out to Modesto, California to be in this show. It was about about five weeks or so with rehearsals and performances. And it was actually the first time that a theater, instead of housing me at, at, at their own housing, at some bed and breakfast, at a hotel or something like that, I was actually staying with a family, the Wayne family. And Tovey, one of three children, was playing Chip in Beauty and the Beast. And so I stayed with this family in one of their spare bedrooms and grew to know and love and really cherish this family. And I've kept up with them over these last 12 years that we've known each other. And now Toby has become this strong dancer, actor, singer. He's moved to New York, studied at the Joffrey Ballet here, and just recently finished a run of West Side Story up at the Guthrie Theater. And he sat down with me here in my apartment and we talked about that journey from Modesto to here, as well as the life of a dancer here in New York. As an actor-singer, I move a little bit, but I'm certainly not a dancer, and that is as kind of a whole other world when it comes to auditioning and certainly performing. So he opens up and shares his life as a dancer and growing and persisting and realizing that as in this business with all of us, there's always someone better, there's always someone worse, we're kind of in the middle, and we have to keep going, we have to keep getting better and better and better. Well, thank you so much, Toby, for joining me on the podcast. No problem. It is so, it's so good to have you. I mean, because uh, as I was saying in the intro, you and I have known each other about 12 years now mm -hmm. and, I, and I've known you since you were like a wee, wee little land. thing yes, yes. <laughs> because the first thing that uh, that wasn't the first thing that you did though the Beauty and the Beast was no. it? No first thing was Oliver Twist 
Oh, and yeah. that was like when you were how old? Uh, I was nine years old. So that was, I want to say like in 2009. That, no, not 2009. 2002. Oh, okay. About okay. That. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. so just a few years before, few before years we before. met. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, but yeah. We've been friends ever since, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. well, well, you know, friendly. Friendly. <laughs> Something of the sort. Right. But uh, you have now been in the city about four years, is that right? Yeah, I'm peaking on my fifth year right now. Nice, so, yeah, nice. Feels good. So in, in your four, almost five years now, what, what has become or has been your definition of making it? As of right now, I'd say my definition of making it in a literal sense is just making sure that every month I'm good financially for whatever is to come. Um, I feel secure and ready to you know, move on to the next thing, and I'm not ever struggling too hard to kind of you know, reach up for air or anything like that. So as a, in <laughs> to, a literal to sense, pay the bills. to pay the bills <laughs> is right. like the main yeah. thing. But um, artistically, I think it's just been about um, surrounding myself with people that you know, challenge my inner artistry and that are willing to see my visions and I'm willing to see their visions because I get kind of this and euphoric high like we all do as artists as when we create something and we see the result or if we you know audition for something and we don't see a result or do i mean i think that whole realm um has really just kind of inspired me to just keep going if that makes sense i mean to me i mean that is what the city's all about mm -hmm. and i'm um, finding that you know productivity is like not a result of um your value in a way. So I, I, as long as I just keep myself busy and just keep doing things where I know I'm feeling artistically challenged, then I feel like I'm in a good spot. No, I, I think that's something that all of us have to keep in mind because just because we didn't book this audition or make this show, that's mm -hmm. not the the end all be all of our artistry or our value Absolutely. as a performer. And I think that that's, that's so key for us to to keep going. And, and as you said, a part of making it is not really... I mean, yes, there is a certain level of of success to reach and mm -hmm. and things to tick on the resume. Absolutely. That's great. But at the same time, like most of us, I would hope, most of us got into this to enjoy it, to approach characters or dancing or singing or whatever it is that we're doing mm -hmm. with with some fun and, and, and being able to to perform in front of an audience or, you know, no matter how big that audience is. Of course. And to... Uh, yeah, and to be able to utilize this craft and talent that we have. Yeah, because I think, I mean, we all have our end goals of what we want. I mean, majority of us, you know, Broadway or TV or whatever it is. And right. we always strive for that. But I think, like, the waiting and the in-between and those times where we don't have that is really what makes us the artists that we are supposed to be and we're supposed to become. Because to me, I, I own those moments a little more because that really crafts me of getting to my goal later on because when you know when you first start auditioning especially in the city when i first came here i mean it's a whole another world than when i was a kid um so you're in these dance calls with like all these people and i remember my first dance call that i ever went to um i signed up online and and, and i went to it and didn't know you had to show up 30 minutes before um didn't read that there was like these preparation things you had to do um i couldn't get in because i was late um all these factors that went in just and the basics the of basics yeah right, and like yeah. i learned that by messing that up and right. to me Learning that way sometimes is kind of the best way to learn when you mess things up a little bit because then you're like, okay, I'm never going to do that again. I'll go next time even more prepared, even more eager to do things, yada, yada. And um, you learn from those auditions. Like the first time you get cut, you're like, oh, my God, like I, I suck. Like I'm never going to make it again. Yeah. But then the more and more it happens, the more resilience you build up towards those feelings that you have as an artist. Like, oh, I'm not good enough, da, 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 da. But to me, I mean, I've learned a lot from the no's. And I've learned that, you know, it's not always just about you. It's about how tall you are. Yeah. You look yeah. like anything. And um, it's easy to dwell up on that kind of stuff. I believe. Yeah. 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 Because getting a no is just as valuable as getting a yes. Yeah. Especially in this profession. Yeah. For me, I think it really started to hit home when I was doing a lot of commercial auditions. I didn't so much learn this lesson doing theater auditions, but doing commercial auditions, it really came down to I was too tall. Mm -hmm. I had the wrong color hair. You know, I, like like I I auditioned for this one and they hired kids who were blonde, mm -hmm. so I couldn't get the job. Yeah. That, I mean, as so simple had, as had, that. Right. Yeah. I, I got the callbacks. I got everything. I was doing what I needed to do, but they went blonde. Right. So I mean, it's stuff like that that really is completely out of our out control. of our control. Yeah. And part of that is very interesting to me. I've always been interested in the casting side of things because I really am curious to know like what does happen behind. Because you leave the room, they're like, all right, yeah. we're going to talk, and I just want to know like it could just be. 
I want to know what they're saying, like what's <laughs> happening, how it's going, because that world really fascinates me. Have, have you gotten a chance to sit behind a table yet? I have. Um, I, I was a reader for um, an audition a long time ago. I want to say back in like 2015, or, yeah, 2015. And I just sat there and just kind of observed everyone. And it's cool to see people's techniques and what they bring and like right. after they leave. So they're like, no, nope, it's not going to work. When I thought it was really great. And they have these little things to say, oh, yeah, like they were good, but um, yeah, like their finger moved this much. So like, I'm not going to, you know, just little things like that. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. Because our, our, our body language, yeah. whether, whether we smile or don't smile, of course, all these little things play into our subjective impression Absolutely. that they get behind the table. Right. And, and we could sing beautifully, we could act beautifully, but, you know, we, we did something that's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I don't feel yeah. it. Exactly. So that stuff's interesting to me. regards to um, the struggles that, that you kind of mentioned, what is it that you feel is holding you back? What, what, what do you think is that reason why you'll never make it? Um, I would say as artists, we have the trouble of, you know, comparing ourselves to everybody else and saying that, at least I do personally, um, I look at somebody, I mean, me as a dancer, dancers have like this certain type of... Um, way they're supposed to look, where they're supposed to dance, where they're supposed to move, like perfect feet, great extension, all these crazy things that play into factor. And you look at people around the room and you're like, well, like I don't have that or I'll never have that or anything like that. And I think when you dwell on that, it makes you forget how special you are as a performer. And then you just start to think of everything you don't have rather than focusing on everything that you do have. And that's been a big battle for me personally because um, I came late into the dancing game. I've always been on stage acting and messing around and singing, but as far as dance is concerned, um, always was, you know, five steps behind everybody else. So I always had to just keep, you know, keep doing it, keep moving as hard as it was to see people, you know, soaring above. I just still had to, you know, focus on what I had to do for myself. And, um, you know, seeing these people in auditions that have all these, this facility and are gorgeous, it's really easy for you to just be like, okay, I need to work a little more on that. And, um, it's exhausting, but and, and to seeing something like that, does that make you want to work harder, or does it discourage you and like I, I'll never be that? It does both. I yeah. mean, it discourages you, but then enough to be like, but I do want this. So what can I do to be more like that? Because honestly, I know that I will never be an ABT or any type of big company like that because it's not my look or not my body. But I can definitely strive to pull certain qualities that these dancers do have and put them into myself, like performance qualities or you know um, the attenuation of their movement and how they just expand through the space. I mean, little things that I can pick up that I know I can do. But if, for instance, just making my foot into the C shape or like putting my foot all the way up to my head, like I know <laughs> right. I won't be able to do that right, right. now because my body has I have has never limits. kicked my face. Yeah. Well, certainly not on purpose. <laughs> for <but>. sure, yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's those things that really keep me going and um, also hold me back. So it's kind of fun. It's an oxymoron in a, in a realm, but that battle of my mind saying that, oh, you can't do that, but being like, oh, but you can do this is really kind of what blocks me, but what keeps me going in the same way. So, yeah, because do you see yourself as primarily a dancer and then actor, singer after that? Or do you see them all kind of even? I see them all even in a sense because dance isn't just about, it's about movement, yes, but it's about making audience feel something. Because the majority of people that do watch a performance, especially in dance, most of the time aren't dancers. So I was raised in my training that most of the time... Um, audience looks at you from your torso up. So they're seeing your face and um, your torso and not as much your legs. So as Generally, long as you're yeah. giving them some type of feeling with your face and like your movement and your emotion, then you have captured them more in a way than if you're just going through space moving. Yeah. Because, I mean, like any artist, we want we would hope that the audience leaves feeling something and feeling different than the way that they came in. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that is what I've just really tried to hone in is that I can make myself feel, and in that sense, I would hope the audience would feel with me too. Yeah, um, and and as you mentioned that, that that's actually gets to one of the reasons why I feel I'll never make it mm -hmm. is because I'm I'm certainly an actor singer first, and dancing is like a distant way third. Yeah, and it's never been something that I've. Well, there's also been lack of interest, and there's also been just lack of just skill sure. and talent mm -hmm. in moving my body that way, and so. It's one of those things that, yes, I think it's helped me back in getting certain roles that I would have gotten or at least been up for mm -hmm. otherwise. And so, and yeah, yeah, 
you said that it kind of holds you back as well as encourages you to, to move forward. Mm-hmm. And for me, when I look at dancers, I just know I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to be that. Right. I'm fine with that. I'm just going to book all the singing roles they and won't be good get. To go. yeah. <laughs> right? It's I'm a good way gonna, to look at it. Yeah. I'm just going to get everything and be better at the acting right. and singing. And then I'll be good. As, and yeah. if I need to move, then I will if I have something. to. Right, absolutely. But, but I know that it does limit me in in the the choice of characters that I have. Cause, th- cause there, there are certain roles like, like a white Christmas that comes around every year. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the two leads need to dance. be dancers. Yeah. yeah. Especially like tap tap. Like I can do a little jazz here and there uh-huh. tap. My feet don't even know what that, like, like <laughs> no. someone says flat ball change. Turn, and yeah, I'm no, like, it's like, I don't even know. It's a whole nother world. In right. Yeah, for real. yeah. I don't even now Is tapping something that you do as well. Or are you well-rounded or you have your, I would say um, I'm a proficient tapper. I can pick up the step. I've actually been taking um, class recently at Steps on Broadway. Thank you, Steps on Broadway. You're great. <laughs> um, just to, you know, I was in a, an, in a time just doing classes where I felt good in. And I kind of had a, like, a realization that I was like, it's not always good to do something that I feel good in. Because I was in school for a long time um, at Joffrey Ballet, and we would do classes every day from 9 to 5, um, probably around 5 classes, um, of all different styles each day. We always start with ballet, which is the foundation of all dance, but everything in between was certain forms of dance that either complemented the dancer or didn't complement the dancer. So I think when I was there, what I learned the most is versatility in dance form is like super key to whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of, after I left Joffrey, I wanted to just do what felt good, like anybody does. But then all of a sudden I was like, no, I can't be thinking that way anymore i mean i have to do i have to challenge myself i have to keep learning new skills keep doing new things and tap was one of them i mean i'm a huge fan of like you know uh sammy davis jr and gene kelly and like their whole skills in tapping and really just kind of wanted to you know put the skills of drumming that i know in my head to my feet and it's so key in auditions nowadays for tap and now i can confidently say that i can pick up a step um can't pick it up as fast as some people can because it's second nature to them, but I can do the step and I can hone in the technique because I've watched enough or I had just have that drive to just get better at it. Um, and I like that about dance. I think you've mentioned before about dancing being something that, that people get an energy from, they, they, they get an expression and emotion mm-hmm. from. And I think that the best dancers that I've certainly known and have been impressed with are those that exude, not just the, the technical skill, but also that emotional outlet yeah. of wow, I, I I feel what you're what you're doing. What you're doing. I feel yeah. that movement, and you know, much like the singer, when someone elicits that that emotion from the song, yeah. not just hearing beautiful notes, exactly. but actually hears the story and There's the character. There's a huge difference. Yeah, and, crazy. and I think, and and I think that's what I realized that my body, I don't know how to use my body to express an emotion. Right. I can use my voice, mm-hmm. and I can be. A, take on a character and do that of course but as far as like kicking my leg or moving my arm that's that's saying, that, yeah. that's going to give no one any emotion sure. whatsoever right <laughs> except like uh it's like uh well i i guess uh, yeah See, it's an emotion though because yeah. in my mind it's just like i want to be moving in the same direction as everyone, as everyone else. else right <laughs> yeah again look look from the neck up please. you've done 40 seconds year before though haven't you well, yes, but I, I played the role that did no, no. dancing. <laughs> he had like three scenes in the whole show. Uh-huh. And most of the time I'm sitting off stage going, all right, have all about right, an hour. That's crazy. Uh, but, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, when I understudied, uh, I understudied Julian Marsh in that production. And there's like one number that he has like a little kick, you know, that he has to do a little step touch. So that it was very basic. Mm. You know, when, when it comes to dance that. calls, it's the mover's call. Okay, I see. Yeah, yeah. That's even in my resume. Special Mover. skills moves Mover. well. Yeah, there we go. You got to. I do not want anyone to think that I'm going to be kicking, you know, to But the moving heavens. well is also a big skill, too. I mean, um, I see a lot of move, mover calls where people will book jobs because of their commitment to the movement and to the steps. And that's what I'm talking about as far as, you know, making sure the audience feels something. Because you couldn't have two left feet on backwards like my dance teachers used to tell me but as long as you're just owning it and just having a good time and like hitting the step people are going to love you and look at you and mm-hmm. they're going to be like it's cool that you're not technically amazing but i love watching but you. but yeah because yeah. then it becomes about the performance exactly. rather than some kind of technical display right and it's about finding that balance for me because like i said before i don't have all the facility in the world but i do know that if you combine the two things together you will be in the running for you know making somebody feel something or making 
your dance moves feel good on you or et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. And because whenever you came to the city, you originally came with Newsies in mind, right. which is all about dancing. It is, yeah. And, and, and is that where you kind of discovered that you were a little behind everyone else? 100%. I mean, Newsies for a lot of male dancers was a big, big start for like everyone's, every male dancer's kind of dream. And if you talk to any male dancer, like a lot of my friends that I've talked to who are uh, male dancers, they always say, like, yep, Newsies, like, Newsies, 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 because just to see all these boys on stage doing like this masculine movement and this really athletic stuff just kind of, um, you know, drove us to want to do that and be there. So I first auditioned in Los Angeles um, for the part of Crutchy, which, um, you know, Crutchy's a great character. He's just a little Mm -hmm. supporting. He's, you know, the, how do you say it? Not the underdog, but the runt of the pack. So I went in for that and then. He's the one everyone roots for. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Yeah, Crutchy. Yeah. so I auditioned for that and then got the call back to go to New York. And I was like, okay, I'm cool with that. And But my dance teacher in high school, um, she I love her, Marie Hoffman. She just tells me as it is straight up. And she goes, all right, Toby, listen, I don't know if you've seen the show, but there's people that auditioned for that that are amazing dancers that haven't gotten in. So you got to step your stuff up. Otherwise, I mean, you went for it. Anyway, so I went for it, got into the call, and immediately people were like stretching in the room doing their half splits like you know kicking their face and i'm literally sitting there twiddling my damn thumbs like just what am i doing like really just kind of like okay i mean i'm here so i gotta yeah. do it yeah i'm um, sure enough went in my first dance call in the world they just knocked out this crazy like you know uh double pirouette into double tour and to kick your face and to come around and to side leap into all this crazy stuff and i would do the movement did not look enthusiastic about it because I didn't know what I was doing. And right, then, you're, you're just trying to keep up. Trying to keep up, yeah. yeah. And that, feeling that way, I mean, I didn't know how I felt in the moment because I, I kind of forget, but knowing that I wasn't um, doing my best really made me want to never feel that way again, mm-hmm. especially in a room like that. So dance came second in my life. And at one point, I didn't want to do it. But I think in that call... Because of Newsies? You, no, you just maybe I just didn't know what I wanted to do, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, it came to a point after high school where, you know, I did the thing I applied for schools and, um, you know, just did the Unifieds where you auditioned for people. And um, at one point, I did it Unified and didn't get into school. And the director basically said, like, oh, we just didn't have it in him. And I, at that point, I honestly, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I just hmm. did it because it's what I've been used to, but didn't feel the passion yet. And I think Newsies and having that feeling and it made me for the first time really be like, I want to do better at this. Hmm. And that really moved me forward. So I said no to school. I got accepted into this great program um, at Joffrey for their summer. And from then on, I mean, I still wasn't the best dancer, but the artistic director, Michael Blake, bless his soul, he's a great human being. Um, He was like, yeah, um, you can be part of my school. I'll take you under our wing. And from then on, I just, you know, I worked every day. I, I stretched. I took ballet. I just kept telling myself, like, I know I don't look perfect now, but if I just keep doing it, if I just keep moving, something will work itself out, and I'll be fine. And sure enough, yeah. three years later, I just kind of, I just, I don't know, I did, I did something. I think for each of us, we can think back to that one person or one theater that we feel like took a chance on us. Like, yeah. okay, I'm, I'm not the, the greatest thing, mm-hmm. but th- they, they saw something, Actually, they took a yeah. chance, and then because of that, then we started to grow. Right. And, I, and I'm assuming from Joffrey, that's when you really started exactly. to grow. Yeah, and at one point the first year, um, after the first semester, I think I told myself, I was like, oh, I can't do this. Like, I don't want to do this. I was surrounded by these great people, these great dancers, and, you know, it's not a good feeling to be the one that's not picking things up or that's not doing these things. But at one point I just told myself in my head, I was like, listen, I'm paying for this. I'm going to just ask as many damn questions as possible, even though everyone in the room knows what a tondu is or knows what a plie is or knows what this is. I'm just really trying to figure this out. So it came to a point where um, people would probably get annoyed by me because I would just keep asking questions. Like, how do you do this? Like, what is this called? Like, why do you do this? Da, da, da. And like, I was the why kid in school. Yeah. Um, but sure enough, that really kind of helped me. I was like, oh, now I understand. Like, there's the littlest things like called winging your foot. When you point your foot, it goes from like being a 90 degree angle to like maybe like, you know, 105 degrees because it makes your line look cleaner okay and it was little things like that that i had no idea were a thing like my foot would always be pointed in a sickled position that doesn't look appealing but people were like no you have to do this and i was like oh well why didn't anyone tell me that before yeah, like, why did no one point the littlest out? things right. yeah but that's what's crazy about dance is there's so many things to focus on in that so i had to ask as many questions as i could so i can figure it out um and yeah and, and are you still asking questions now? Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. you, you have to. I mean, yeah. you have to keep growing and keep asking yourself questions, and that's what keeps you going. It's the most imperfect, perfect 
thing to do dance. I mean, they say there's no such thing as being a perfect dancer. Right, right. And and, and I think that's one of the beautiful things about theater, but also it's it's challenge. Yeah. Is that whether, whether you're in an audition or a rehearsal or in performance, it's never going to be perfect. It's mm -hmm. never going to be the same. There's you, something you, really you, exciting about that. Wouldn't you agree? Th th like, there is. It's like, all right, well, let's see what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, but maybe you're not feeling your best. Or maybe, maybe, maybe you did one show and you... You did something, had a different inter interaction with the character. It's like, oh, I hadn't thought of it like right. that. And then that infuses Other the, things the, the, the rest of your performances. And Absolutely. So, so it's, as, as you say, it's one of those things that continues to grow. And us as artists, I certainly still take voice lessons and yeah. stuff like that to continue to grow because mm -hmm. I, even now, I still see my own deficiencies and bad habits that I have that I'm trying to like correct and, right. you know, and, and not, not rest on those things, but continue to get better. Absolutely. Yeah. And th there's something nice about that. It's never, you're always striving for something else, something new, something that you never felt before. And that's in a way what, why we do it. I feel like what's what keeps us going. It's what makes it exciting. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I love so, that about it. So, so, so with Newsies that inspired you to, to get better, to, to become this better dancer. Yes. Did you ever get a chance to go back to Newsies? I did. Um, so I did the I, I did that first call, um, came back, didn't get it, um, which is cool. It happens. I saw the show. I was like, you know, influenced myself to, you know, see what it's like. And <laughs> from then, actually, uh, I saw the show, had the audition the next day, and I talked to some dancers afterwards because they had like the buckets and you you give them money and whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do they call it? The red. Yeah. yeah it's the red buckets the for red Broadway bucket. cares. Yeah. Broadway cares. Of course. So I think yeah. we we gave them some cash and um, I talked to. A couple of the newsies and I was just like, yeah, like I'm going in tomorrow, like really excited. Um, any tips you can have because I never done this. I'm just kind of curious. And um, one of the guys, Evan Kasperzak, he told me, um, he was, yeah, just be yourself. And at the time, I didn't know who they were or like what they've done or their background. But it's crazy how everything comes around full circle. And like now my friends are friends with him. And then he knows these people that I know. And the world is too small sometimes. Especially theater world. Yeah. Very small. It's wild. Yeah. But after that, um, I got it, some insight on it. I did it. Didn't book it, cool. And then from then, just like you said, danced and somehow got another call to go in again. I think went into an open call. Um, and sure enough, I made it past um, the dance call, which felt good, and then went into singing call. And you know Newsies, I mean... <laughs> Woo! Yeah, I was focusing yeah. so much on dancing that I totally forgot about <laughs> singing. Like, they got to sing, yeah, too. Yeah, and they got to dance while singing, and they got to dance, and they got to sing... The notes really? way oh. up high in the octave, yeah. yeah. And um, they mistaked me for being like a tenor, tenor, tenor. And mm -hmm. so they're like, yeah, you could do the top note. Like, I can't even hit it right now. Yeah. Um, and I did it and couldn't do it. And then I got cut again. So I was like, oh, now i got to work Damn on it. this. I was like, all right. Like, I just got the dance right. I know, now come I on, guys. Right. Yeah. So then I worked on that again. And I think I went back a third time for the tour because the tour was coming out. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I want to believe the same thing happened. I mean, I was working on the singing, but then it came down to... Little things like that. Never made it to finals or anything like that, um, which is cool. It happens. And then slowly, Newsies just kind of, you know, I started to find there was other things that were happening other than just Newsies. Right. And right. that made there's, me excited. There's definitely more in the theater definitely world. Definitely more in the than just, yeah. So, <laughs> and I've done Newsies once now, and I think that's my, I just want to do it once, and I'm good now. Yeah, yeah, you got to do a regional production. A regional, yeah, Mall's Jupiter Theater with um, the amazing Al Blackstone. And Marco Santana. Oh, that's right. I forgot you worked with Al. Because yeah. that, that's who did uh, the Annie that I just did oh, a couple yes. months ago. Oh, great. I've been seeing that all over Facebook and everything. Yeah. It yeah. looked like a great production. Oh, oh, yeah. It yeah. was really great. Yeah, I with mean, Andrew Soto and uh, Soto, yeah. my music yeah. director. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, Soto was great. Yeah, and Al Blackstone was somebody I've, ever since I saw his choreography for the first time, I was like, yes, I want to work with him. Because my brother, Knopf, who you know, of course. He's yes. on in lighting design, and he lit this show called Freddy Falls in Love back in maybe 2016, I want to mm -hmm. say. I can't remember the exact date. And um, I saw the show. It's just basically a dance with all storytelling through movement. No model, no talking, no singing. I mean, there's some singing in it. But no talking. It's just all visuals and that. And you, you saw this, and you knew everything that was going on based off emotion and through dance. And first off, his style is amazing. The, yeah. His little things that he does in between. He listens to music in a crazy way. It doesn't make any sense. He's well, a that, that's that's actually one of the things that he incorporated into this Annie. Was it? Yeah. Because because the, the overture, overtures are normally just... Just music. You, you, you listen to the orchestra and then the curtain opens and mm -hmm. you begin the show. But for this, for that overture, he created this whole backstory right. of, of there being 
a, this this boy who was who you know was kind of ignored by his parents, but then the nanny gives him a book mm-hmm. of Annie, oh, and so he starts reading it. Beautiful. And so that that was how we opened the whole story uh-huh. about this boy reading a book about, about Annie. Annie. Oh, wow. And and yeah yeah again no words, but it was all just. But said you knew exactly yeah, and that you knew exactly it the story. really struck with me. And um, I think after the show was over, it was the last night, so we all went to this bar afterwards called Abea, like on forty second and ninth or something like that and um i went with nav because nav was like toby you have to meet this guy like he's so good and i was like yes i have to meet him he's so good <laughs> so you know after maybe a couple whiskeys i went up to al not like super intoxicated but yeah. I, was like, I was like listen i just really <laughs> want to tell you man uh, anyway um i just told him i was like listen i really respect what you do i think your site of you know what theater dance is about and what jazz is about is just what it needs to be about mm-hmm. it's just so like I felt something. And like that's when I was like, you have to feel something. It's not just about your leg going up or turning, turning, turning. Because that really, I don't know, that really struck me. And I was like, really like, I have to work with this guy. Yeah. Like, I need to know him. I need to take his class. I need to, you know, just somehow do his, his work. And lucky enough for me, my first contract out of school was Newsies with him. And I was kind of like, wow. I didn't realize when it happened, when I got the job, that that's what happened. But I was like, Oh, I worked with the guy I said I wanted to work with, and I was like, that felt good. I mean, yeah, yeah. and it was a great show, great performance, great people, um, and yeah, I did newsies. <laughs> <laughs> you finally got to do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, and I assume he did his own choreography. It wasn't like yeah, he did own the original, original choreography. Yeah, yeah. Um, which was a lot of storytelling, a lot of you know, strong big movements, and mm-hmm. um, I think I like that better, to be honest with you. I'm nothing against Christopher Catelli, but that choreo is very um, balletic and very structured and very like. It's hard. I, yeah. I won't, oh, I won't oh, get you oh, wrong. Believe me. Yeah. 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 I, I saw the show and yeah. I was like, uh, in nowhere in my wildest dreams oh, could for sure. I ever move like that. No, yeah. And it's sometimes for me, it's hard to find the artistry and movement like that. Mm-hmm. When with Al, it's just like even a shoulder roll feels like the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that, me and my friend Brandon Whitmore say that like, that was the best version of Newsy we could have ever done. And we're really happy with that. So, yeah. yeah. But obviously, you have moved on beyond Newsies at this point. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and so, what, what kind of roles do you do you see yourself doing and, and do you want to go for beyond newsies um bucket list was i just did west side story this past summer at the guthrie theater nice. um, i was baby john um which is a wonderful part he's a great guy i love baby john he's kind of he's the runt of the pack as usual <laughs> Again, um, yeah and uh yeah that part after i never really knew what the show was about to be honest with you i saw the movie like a long time ago but west side i didn't really know the depth of characters or anything like that but um the character riff and action are two really interesting characters to me in that show because at Guthrie, they really made us, um, it was a real artistic process of us understanding what the show was all about. We like sat at a table for, I think, two weeks and just talked about the material of the show with the director, Joseph Hodge. And um, we went into backgrounds of characters, like where they came from, if they had parents. Like we all started like this story for ourselves. And I think that made me excited to start playing roles instead of just being known as a dancer, playing roles that make a difference in the show so riff was a big role that i've been wanting to play for a while action um as far as other roles that i have been i really haven't thought of too many to be totally honest with you i've just been whatever comes my way i've been wanting it to do but um yeah leading parts i think that kind of comes as you move along mm-hmm. and um as of right now i consider myself a dancer but definitely want to show people that like i was doing in my past i do also love to play these you know supporting roles or these things like that or um, whatnot, but yeah, um, West Side was a big one. What's a show I've been wanting to do for a long time? I forget. It's in there somewhere. It's in there somewhere. <laughs> and it'll pop back into my head somehow yeah. or another. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really, I don't focus too much on that as as of right now. I just been focusing on you know, just getting my artistry going and you know keep creating things and being happy with where I'm at. So whatever comes my way comes my way in a way, and um, that's it. <laughs> What is it that keeps you going at this point? I mean, you you accomplished Newsies. That was kind of what began this whole journey yeah. of you coming to New York and taking Joffrey Ballet. And so now that you've accomplished that, what is it that keeps you going forward? Good question. I think I found out recently, since I was in Minneapolis for so long, I decided I was like, okay, I'm going to do the show for this amount of time. I also want to do other things than just doing the show. So I 
you know, sent my resume into like various dance studios all throughout Minneapolis, um, just to be like, hey, I'd love to like teach a little bit, um, let people maybe choreograph on some people, who knows, yada yada yada. Um, because before I would take jobs for teaching, having no idea how to teach, mind you. <laughs> Yeah. But I was like, I need the money. Yes, I'll teach. And I would teach and I would kind of find a flow of things of how they worked and stuff, but never really grasped like, you know, the process of how a class is, you know, going or progressing. So I just really want to challenge myself in that. And I still didn't fully know how that worked. But then I just took the time in Minneapolis when we had time off. I would just, you know, kind of research things, go back to classes that I liked that really influenced me, get the right music going. And um, sure enough, taught quite a bit in Minneapolis for a little bit. And I found like this unparalleled joy in like explaining to people how I feel when I dance and how they should feel when they dance and seeing that click in their heads, especially, I mean, this majority of it is, um, you know, kids in studios. Yeah. At one point I taught adults, which was fun. Um, but that feeling that I got was so great. And, um, that feeling kept me going too, because I was like, I can do this and I can also explain it to people and they can understand it too. And then who knows how that inspires them. Mm. And, mm -hmm. I've been fortunate enough now, I, I leave for Pennsylvania this weekend, and I go out there to teach and choreograph, so I'm looking forward to that. And nice. things like that, little gigs around that just keep keep humbling me and keep letting me grow is something that really, you know, keeps me going and keeps me happy to do what I do. Because I don't only just want to, you know, dance and perform. I, I also want to think ahead and, you know, I want to teach, I want to choreograph, I want to, you know, direct something. I mean, and I think these are all useful skills to have which makes it exciting because then later on I will say I can possibly direct, I could possibly do this because that's something you can also strive for. Right. Um, which keeps me going too. There's always something new that you can learn and can do. And I really like that about being an artist and doing that. Yeah. It's so interesting that you bring that up because that's actually one of the reasons that keeps me going as mm -hmm. well, because last year it's, I did, I got to do three shows, which, which was great, but there was a lot of downtime in between. And, I really got to thinking like, what, what do I, besides auditioning, what can I do in, in these downtimes between uh, getting to perform? And I started, and it's been in the back of my mind, but I really started to think more about directing and you, yeah. you had mentioned that. And so that's something that with this year, I'm gonna start to kind of dip my foot in those waters yeah. and see what it's like, you know, maybe be an assistant director, associate, or just kind of be you know a shadow of someone and just kind of right. see what it is see that they like, do because why not you know right I mean, yeah. right and and because you had mentioned um you know several of the dance teachers both in california joffrey that have really inspired you people mm -hmm. that that really pushed you and people that as you said gave you that that spark that yeah. clicked in your brain like oh this is what this i can do what, with, yeah yeah and so to be someone like that who can take a show that um you know, especially a show that I would know and be able to to helm that, direct it and impart some new vision or yeah. some new direction into a show would be would be wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. so I've I've reached out to some directors that are here in town, directors that I've worked with. So I'm slowly starting Can to like talk with them and, yeah. and, and have meetings with them about Okay, what is this directing thing? Right. Like, How does it work? I, I've I've seen it, mm -hmm. you know, and I have my own ideas, you know, like you know, director will do something and be like, uh, yeah, I, of I, course, I would probably do this instead, right? Or you know, and and so hopefully over this year I can start to really feel myself doing you know, those yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what does it what does it feel like to be a director as opposed to getting to act the role? And actually, then seeing that, yeah. Right, right. To actually be the one who kind of paints the canvas right. and, and sees. And There's sees something what that has do. to be so satisfying about that. I mean, yeah. I, and what's cool about us both doing that, and, and we, we go into it not expecting, not willingly knowing how it works. Really. We have an idea of how things work, but then you kind of do it. Like that was me with teaching. Like I was doing it, and then I would say some things, and I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. And I would say things that honestly taught me too. I was like, right. Right. I know this, but like didn't realize that I really knew it. Does that make sense? I mean, absolutely. Because yeah. I, I definitely feel like as I get into directing, as I start to do that more, I think it will definitely influence my own. Yeah. My own career as an actor. Absolutely. Because I will look at things differently. And as I'm researching or learning from other directors, I will hear something. I'll see something mm -hmm. that will make me think, oh, yeah. I don't do that. Right. Maybe I should start doing that Actually, as an actor as well. Right. So I, I definitely know that it will inform me on the other side of the table. Of course. Which well. is so, yeah, it's, it's a great skill to have in anything. Yeah. yeah. Keep, yeah. keep expanding, keep doing it.
keep <laughs> making keep things keep going <laughs> yeah for sure so uh, so what's on the horizon for you at this point like we're just starting we're just getting into the the season auditions and and here in new york uh for those of you who may not know here in new york uh this is from january basically through march april lots of season auditions mm-hmm. for summer theaters and uh, as well as Broadway and Off-Broadway, but mostly it's a lot of theaters come here to New York to audition so that they can bring actors to their theaters around the country. Mm-hmm. And so with that coming up or anything else, what uh, w- what's coming up for you or that you see down the road? Well, recently, um, this past, what day was it? Um, Thursday, I was fortunate enough to make final callbacks for Mean Girls, which was very exciting. Mm. Um, first, I had an appointment because they're having some onstage replacements um, and someone to cover some other parts. Um, they only did two tracks, so I think I first went in, and my first big audition of the year, which felt good, yeah. and I say it was about like maybe like 100 dudes, the first call, um, made a cut, um, got stayed to sing and whatever, and then got another call back that day, and then sure enough, got another one the next day, and I was like, wait, how is this happening? Like, I'm so, I, it felt good, but yeah. I was like, okay, this is happening, so, and all of a sudden, it went from 100 dudes to five of us in a room, and um, never been in that process of... Uh, final edition on Broadway mm-hmm. and for it to just kind of happen like that I was like because I was still hustling in between I was like all right I did that on to the next thing figure it out got an which is so important with auditions yeah you, you have you to like okay on. I've done that one now what's the next exactly one? right because if you dwell on one audition because I've done that yeah you dwell on one audition and it's just like it eats away it eats you. you man yeah <laughs> and it's not good I mean actually yeah. after the second callback there was the, the third one was going to be the following day so I did the I did the second one I left. I was like, cool. Um, I was about to go home. Actually, actually, I was about to go to the village because I wanted to go to this restaurant that I really loved. And then got some message on my phone saying like, male dancers needed for this gig in Brooklyn. And I was like, deep in Brooklyn. I was like, I'll do it. And I was like, I need money. <laughs> so I was just like, I went out to Brooklyn. I danced as, ugh, I danced as an Oompa Loompa for a pharmaceutical <laughs> company. <laughs> Yeah, they dressed me up and everything. Um, what is I, it with you playing like the runs, the little people? Yeah, man, I'm what? short, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I did that, and I was like, it was perfectly to get my mind off the audition because oh I didn't get an email yet. And then I'm on the train heading back in my full Oompa Loompa makeup, and um, I get a. Uh, you email. were on the train in full train. orange Oompa Loompa makeup. As you do. Why not? As you, do. you know. Yeah. And um, it's New York. I got the email that they wanted me for the final callback the following day with wow. the whole creative team, like. Casey Nicola was there. Tina Fey was there. I was like, okay, this is really happening. This could be something. So I went in and just kept doing what I was doing. Um, sure enough, didn't get the part, unfortunately. But I think just building that for my first audition and getting the momentum going and just knowing that these people saw something has just yeah. kept me going in that realm. And I'm really happy with myself because I'm not sitting here being like, oh, my God, like I didn't get it. Like It sucks I didn't get it. But you know what? But I'm still, a, to be like the top five out of a hundred, it feels good. Yeah, I mean, you, you have to take some pride and like yeah, okay, own that. I, exactly. I, I achieved that. It feels nice. Yeah, and I think I'm a firm, I'm a really firm believer that everything does happen for a reason. Absolutely. And my mom, Tina Wayne, who you know, yes, um, she's always taught me that, and always just been like, happens for a reason. Suck it up, figure it out. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that's it. I mean, you can't dwell on the past because yeah, your mom is always no nonsense, no nonsense. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, but yeah, that was the first big thing, and. Things coming up, you know, just uh, summer stocks, regional things. Um, Sacramento Music Circus is something I've wanted to work with for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same um, here. Same yeah. Here. But really, I'm not trying to stress too much about, like, I want to do this, I need to do this. I just somehow just keep freelancing and keeping my life going and moving forward. And I'm going to take what I learned from Mean Girls and put that in the room next time and mm-hmm. just keep having that feeling and just knowing that, like, you know, I, I can do this. I'm good enough for this. And... I always put myself in situations where I just humble myself. Like, I work at Steps for the work-study program, and the other day I was, like, mopping a bathroom. And I was like, you know, I'm doing this. This is my life right now. It's totally cool. I mean, you you have to find those things. I I also work as an electrician for a theater company. I drive around in cars for another company. I mean, anything I can do to humble myself and make some side money is really cool with me. I'm all about doing that for myself. Well, well, especially here in New York, having a side job. And I think that that was... That was certainly one of the impetus for me to look at things beyond acting Mm -hmm. because, um, you know, I have been very blessed and I feel very grateful that I've made a living being an actor, both both for commercials and theater. You know, I I auditioned for TV film, short film, readings, you know, just anything that I can do to continue acting and make a living out of that, which has been wonderful. But last year was a bit of a rough year Mm -hmm. in doing that. And so I'm trying to expand 
and think of other ways to make a living. And like, like you said, having the side job to, to, because now I'm going into directing, which I don't really know that much about. It's yeah. a new world. I'm venturing into something that I, I don't know. I, I really don't know if it's right for me. I right. know I think it might be right, but why not try it? You know, right. Like, yeah. Right. Exactly. So, but, but, but also as you were talking about going in for, uh, for, for callbacks, it reminded me of whenever I did Evita. Mm -hmm. And I remember, yeah, it was, I think there were like three different auditions. You know, there was the singing audition. There was the, the dance audition where we were, where we partnered up and we, we did different things. And then, and then, and then they brought me in for, for this other callback. I was like, okay, another dance callback. Great. Mm -hmm. And it was just me and one other guy. Oh my God. Two of us. You didn't expect that. Right. Yeah. With the choreographer. I'm like, why am I in this room? Like what? I don't need to sing. So you're just, you just want to see me dance. Yeah. I was like, Oh boy, there we go. this is not good. Yeah. But it was one of those things where, I mean, when, when you're in, in a group of a hundred, you don't really know how you measure up mm -hmm. when you're in a room of two, you know exactly yeah, how you're measuring exactly. up. There were certain things that he did. I was like, okay, I didn't do that. But then there were certain things that I was like, okay, well, I know I got that better than him. Yeah, there you know? we go. And yeah. so you, you start to see things. But yeah, yeah, that was definitely one of the most nerve-wracking auditions. That you've been in, yeah. Yeah, because dancing is just something that's outside of my realm of comfort. And I know, and I've been told this, that I get like a face of like no joy, mm -hmm. very concentrated, almost almost like frustrated face you know what it's called <laughs> what's that called it's called a resting bitch face yes, yes. that's exact that's exactly <laughs> what i get that's it. and it, but it's not out of anger no it's no, yeah. out of complete confusion it's just like, and like what yeah, am i yeah, doing yeah. you don't mean to do it too <laughs> yeah no but but it was one of those times where that audition and and other movement calls that i've been in it it, it reminds me look you just gotta you just gotta smile enjoy yeah. it your feet may be kicking the wrong direction, <laughs> yeah, but, it, but, just, but just like, hey, yeah, here I am. Here we go. Here and I sure am. enough, I saw you in a veto. Right, you right. So, the show. so yeah. I, did, I did make you it. Did I actually right? did all those dances. Did the other guy make it? No, he did not. All right. See? Snap, See? snap. See, yeah. when it came down to two, <laughs> yeah, I was the baby. winner. There we go. Cool beans. <laughs> you got to own that stuff. Yeah. 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 And, and, and so, yeah. So for me, I'm, for the past, I would say, 10 years, Mamma Mia!, and Next to Normal had been like two of the shows. Now, granted, in in the world of theater, I would say Next to Normal is, is a heavier piece. It's a it's a better piece just as a mm -hmm. as a musical. Yeah. But Mamma Mia is fun, mm -hmm. and it's done everywhere. Oh my god! Right. It was like a Mamma Mia season last year. Oh, like oh, everyone was doing. No, Mamma it, Mia. It, it was the top show. Yeah. Of, Everybody was of, doing of all it. regional theaters last year, like, and wow. but but theaters are still continuing to do it this year. So. Again, kind of at the start of every year, I wonder if this is going to finally be the year where I do either Mamma Mia or Next to Normal because yeah. I've been auditioning for them for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And I auditioned for um, Mamma Mia when I lived back in Vegas and auditioning for the Mamma Mia there as well as just touring and other things. Right. And then Next to Normal, I actually auditioned for it as it was leaving off-Broadway and oh. going to Broadway. Okay. Oh, and wow. Yeah, yeah. So it was like as it was making that transition, I got to audition. It it was it was one of those uh it was one of those where it was just it was a very frustrating audition yeah. because okay, so I'm out of town doing a show. I mean, I'm in Long Island, so not very far, but it's it's a train ride yeah, away. Yeah, from LAR. Yeah. So I'm in Long Island <clears throat> doing a show and on a Monday they 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 bring me in, give me the sides. And, and say, okay, come back on Friday and, and do this. Mm. Great. So I had all week. I went through the sides. I then, I then take the train into the city from Long Island. 30 minutes before my audition, I get the call. Yeah, they gave you the wrong sides. Oh, no. So we're going to need you to do that. So then they bring me back Monday. Now, I'm like, but I've already rehearsed. I know, I know, I know this. the sides, yeah. So... Now I have a weekend full of shows. I have shows Friday night, two Saturday, two Sunday, and then I have the audition Monday. Mm -hmm. So needless to say, I did was not prepared at all. I mean, I knew it a little bit, but I was not, not as very prepared. As you wanted, right, yeah. I wasn't as confident. I wasn't as prepared on Monday. So when Monday came around, I did all right, mm -hmm. but I I was not owning the material like not I did before. on Friday. On Friday, I like knew it. Yeah. I had it down. But so it was one of those things where it's just like, 
Really? Yeah, I know. It's frustrating. It's I mean, like... and, and, and I do believe that everything happens for a reason. And for whatever reason, I was meant to get the wrong sides and yeah. then come back at a later and, time. And sometimes we're in those situations it's to like, say that. Really? But, Is that yeah. really what was supposed to happen? But, you know, I mean, it, it was one of those things that I had no control over it. Right. It wasn't anything that I could help. Mm -hmm. I did the best I could. And that's it just, it. So you gotta that, do. that's all it was. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully so, it makes some type of impression in there. Right. Or, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so with this year... Um, yeah, I have, I'm hoping that Mamma Mia, Next to Normal, Next to Normal is, is, has been on my bucket list for a no, long that's time. That's a fierce show. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So that's that's what I hope. And in fact, I was just in for a season audition where they're doing Next to Normal. Mm -hmm. So I went into the audition room with a Next to Normal type song. Yeah. And they call me back for another show. Oh. <laughs> okay. So I'm like, all right, all right fine. All Come right. on, guys. So, yeah. so, I mean, it's one of those things where maybe like dancing – Next to normal just isn't something that I'm going to be doing uh, right now. Yeah, <laughs> maybe you'll direct it. Oh, oh, see, there you go. See, I like the thought. I, I like the that thought. Yeah. You know, cast me, hire me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that. Oh, that's why you want me to be a director, yeah. so I'll cast you. I'm alive. I'm alive. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I need taller people for that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, I could put a newsie in the show or something. There you go. A little there twist on it. Yeah. <laughs> well, fun. Well, thank you so much, Toby. This has been a joy to yeah, talk to you. Thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. I love this. Wow. To find out more about Toby Wayne, go to the website, winmepodcast.com. That's W I N M I podcast.com. In fact, you can follow the podcast all over social media with the new username WinMePodcast. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of them have the same name, WinMePodcast.com. Next week, I'm going to be talking to Maggie Barra. She just graduated a couple years ago and is now making her way through the audition world and performing world. And so join me next week when I sit down and talk to Maggie Barra. Until then... Keep making it, and I'll see you then. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot -E 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 org because only together we rise.